This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is the 10-year NFL veteran. Logan Paulson, turn podcaster, so now we have the same job. Uh, thoughts on running more 21 or 22 personnel packages? Uh, would like to see Samuel in the backfield more, as well as uh, Gibson and, and J.D. McKissick sets. Would this play into Heineke's strengths? That question comes from A underscore process. Uh, that's that's a process I can get behind. It's one I've been shouting about for weeks, because uh, I think it's a way to maximize their personnel, causes problems for defenses, uh, and, and I believe, Logan, you've been on the same page. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there was also another question about our defense, right? And how they how the Bears like attack the outside edges, right? So yeah. we're gonna kind of hit that together here because I think it's relevant, okay. right? So one of the things about 21 and 22 personnel, this is gonna maybe seem obvious, is oftentimes you need a fullback on the roster to run those personnels. Right. And it's hard to find guys just, who can just do that. so we're clear, 21, 22. Uh, the number system is backs, tight end. So that yes, would be two two backs, one tight end, or two backs, two tight ends, 21, 22, respectively. Uh, so, so obviously, typically in 21, one of them is a fullback. However, because of the halfback talent here, pick up Logan Paulson. Yeah, one of them, one of them could be a back potentially, right? But the thing, so the thing about running the football with a fullback, and we've talked about this before, is that it gives you an opportunity to gain hat advantages to the strength or the weak side of the run. Because if you think about a defense, they have seven guys lined up. They got 40 linemen, three linebackers, and they have kind of like pretty much even, right? But with a fullback in the game, the second I go right, we are now plus in terms of the number of blockers we have. Same thing to the strength, right? And so getting a guy who can eat coffin nails at the fullback position is extremely (laughs) advantageous for running the football. And they don't really have anybody like that on the roster at the moment. You know, they have a lot of very talented backs, but knowing that you're like, oh, this guy could play fullback, a block, be a blocking back in this scheme, right? And again, that's that's fine because you have guys like Armani who's shown some talent, but you don't want them doing that down in and down out because eventually that's going to be a mismatch for you and him taking on a linebacker or whatever you're asking him to do. So that's one element of that. You mentioned having more backs, right? Having um you know McKissick Gibson and Gibson and, together and again that to me almost would play in terms of how I would, would respond from a defensive standpoint I would get in 13 personnel and what I mean by that or I would get in zebra I would get in 11 personnel I would match with nickel there we go I would match right. nickel. took me a minute to you would there. treat the one of those guys as a wide receiver correct because I know I'm not having uh an issue in terms of they're not going to block my linebacker you know Gibson's a big guy but he's not overly physical and he's physical with the ball in his hands like a lot of guys are 
but it's a, it's a, it takes a little bit. He's not bit getting of, out there and creating that same run game advantage by being plus one of the run game because he's probably going to be a decoy, not a blocker. Correct. And there are, so if you watch San Francisco, for example, when they run with Debo Samuel, they have their starting back become sort of a fullback. And that's how they gain their number advantage. And you mentioned Curtis Samuel. We talked about this on a couple pods ago, but you got to be very careful with how you utilize that running back in a blocking situation. Usually you try to put them on a corner or a safety and you can do that. And if you watch Kyle and that San Francisco offense and even green Bay with uh, Aaron Jones and they use AJ Dillon as the blocking back, they find those matchups in creative ways. So you can do that, but you're going to have to push yourself. And I think that gets to the really crux of this is that they do not, they being the commanders don't want to major in this. They don't want, that's not who they are. That's not who they want to be. And it's tough. It's tough to be really good in 21 and 22. You have to put a lot of time in on that. And then you also have to make sure that your pass concepts marry off of that. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think if you get in 22 personnel with Armani, with Cole, with Bates, and you have the back in the backfield, you have mismatches. You can run different stuff. You kind of bring the defense in tight. So then when you expand, it makes it harder for them to get to their their, their drops, their spots, and match what they're doing, right? You can cross the formation very easily. You can add guys plus or minus. I think it's a brilliant idea. And that's, again, that comes from my background with the West Coast system and Kyle because he believes the same thing. But they don't, they don't do that. That's not who they are. That's not who they want to be. And, uh, and I think that, again, is somewhat disappointing. But uh, that's, they, they haven't shown any proclivity for that. Right. So I, here would be my answer. It depends, right? Like, I certainly agree with them that majoring in it is not ideal because that also, like, you only get five eligibles. And if you are adding an extra back or an extra tight end, uh, you are taking potentially Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, or Jahan Dotson, assuming they are all healthy, off the field. That Correct. is not ideal. I understand why they want to be in 11 personnel, zebra personnel, uh, you know, three wide receivers as often as possible because that puts your best three playmakers on the field. And with that said, I would challenge a defense with these personnel concepts. I want to see how they react. Like I'm putting some of this stuff in my first 15, one to give them something to think about, like, but also I want to see, will they match it with big personnel? Because if they will, then I can come back. And I've said this before, like you can come out in 22 personnel in this D in this, uh, offense five wide, like you can split McKissick and Gibson and Rogers and Turner and Thomas, like all these guys. Uh, as in Logan Thomas, can all split out in the slot, in bunches, even out wide. And if you drag linebackers out there, that's fantastic. Those are good matchups for you. If in the first 15, they don't, okay, well, now we know that's off the table. Um, but what else can we then do? Uh, can we can we use some of that to our advantage in another way? You don't want to just do it, and then all of a sudden they match a nickel, and now you've got J.D. McKissick lined up against their nickel. Like, that's not a good matchup for you. You should have had a wide receiver there. That's that's a better way to do that. Um, but I do think with how multiple they can be, with the the different personnel that can line up in different places, from tight ends that can line up in line or outside, backs that can line up in the backfield or out wide, a running or a, a wide back, if you will, in Samuel that can line up inside, outside, slot outside, so to speak, or as, as a running back. I think not taking advantage of that and making a defense think instead of just play assignment alignment football is is a miss uh, considering how versatile this offense can be. 
And, and I think so, that's that's where they've missed right, you know, so far this season is outside of that week one against Jacksonville, they haven't really challenged defense's rules by taking advantage of that versatility. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the other thing it gives you is it gives you better play action looks. It gives you better mm-hmm. uh, protections off those play action looks. And, um, you know, I said I was going to talk about the Chicago game and how Chicago tried to attack the edges of right. Washington defense. And one of the things they were able to do is when they get into 12 personnel, you can add gaps that way. You can say, oh, we're going to put the t- two tight ends to the right, and you've added a C-gap, a D-gap, and an E-gap to that side. And if you position those guys in a specific way, you challenge the defensive end's rules about where they have to line up. And so if you look at kind of what they did versus um, versus Chicago or what Chicago did versus the defense, they put the two guys to that side, they had the inside guy off the ball and the outside guy on the ball in a very wide split. And you can tell the defense vents are like, wait, do I treat this like a bunch? Do I line up outside of this guy? Do I line up inside of this guy? And they Chicago was able to get advantageous looks to the edge. And that's what those other blocking bodies give you in those tight formations. You can do that with receivers. You can do that anytime you condense the formation, you're challenging rules. When it spreads out, it's it becomes very clear. It's like, oh, okay, this guy's there. This guy's here. Neat. But when it's tight, you got to say, what, do I line up off the inside shoulder or the outside shoulder? And that's a huge deal because you're actually potentially gapping yourself out just off of alignment. So that's you're worried about so much stuff when you're condensed. Like if you're a DN, what you don't want is the film review on Monday where you got cracked by a wide receiver. And, you know, like one, it's an effective way to uh, defend a run when you're on your butt because a receiver knocked you out. Two, your pride, that's a big hit. You don't want your D-line mates being like, oh, cool, little number 10 knocked you out. So, like, (laughs) there's so much just head on a swivel stuff that you have to think about in those condensed formations. But when you're preparing uh, for that, and then all of a sudden you audible or shift and go out wide, like, now the defense has to completely reorganize itself. Yeah, And, And so, like, that's the other part, too, of, like, using to combine what wasn't part of the question, but I think does play into the answer is like some of the motions and shifts that we haven't seen seemingly mm-hmm. in a long time. I think that is another way you can effectively use 21, 22 to kind of play with, Hey, we got this covered. We're fine to like, Oh no, we're not in a good situation. Or we have to figure out to try to get ourselves in a good situation. Ball snap. You don't have time to do it. Miscommunication. And then, and then you can generate a big play uh, because you kind of created a defensive mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to the shifts, I do think you can do some of that same 21-22 personnel stuff with your tight ends. You know, Bates is not the not the greatest off-the-ball blocker, but he's efficient enough, and Armani's shown a proclivity for it. And so you can do some things there, again, that would challenge – again, we already mentioned the run challenges, right? The play-action stuff off of that would be great. And with an off – so when you watch the New York Giants, for example – they are living and dying by the play action pass in terms of ways to create chunks. Obviously there's quarterback draws and quick game that Daniel Jones has done a good job of, but the offensive coordinator there is basically like, we're going to pack the box in, we're going to run play action and you see D linemen get sticky to blocks. And I know we are, we've already talked about how they don't necessarily major in play action either, but that those are opportunities there for you to get better in those, in those areas. And we know that the protection's having a tough time. So why not find ways to, to make that group more effective. And I think I do think a, a little bit of personnel shifts would be advantageous. Yeah. Um, also things like moving the pocket and, and some of these things that other good offenses do, which leads to another question that you got on Instagram uh, from Austin. 
and it, Austin's question's long. I'm just going to condense it down to basically, hey, it doesn't look like they're making a lot of adjustments. Uh, and this is fans' favorite criticism no matter what. I think a lot of times we just don't see the adjustments. Uh, it's like happening on a nuanced level. But I do feel like this year that criticism perhaps is a little more valid. Um, so what, what do you make about the idea of making in-game adjustments slash week-to-week adjustments in this offense to try to manufacture some of the production that hasn't been there? So that's a really interesting thing. And I didn't really think about this in this way until Austin brought this question up. And what, what I mean by that is in the NFL, you have so much time to prep for each opponent. You have a week. And I know sometimes it feels rushed, but you tend to know who the defensive coordinator is, what they're trying to do. And very rarely are you surprised by something that they do. I can I can only maybe a handful of times I can think of it in my 10 year career where the coach said, OK, they're doing this. We need to get this change right now. And they have the iPads on the sideline. They can show you the images. They can say, oh, if this guy lines up here, we weren't expecting that. But let's get that done. So the adjustments in the coaching is is a constant thing in terms of scheme. Right. Um, but it's really hard to make a halftime adjustment when it comes to concept at the NFL level. And I think what that is, is because you rep it, you ha- you're in such a rhythm in terms of repping it in the week. You're kind of like, these are the plays we're running. This is it. And it's really hard to be like, oh, we don't have this play and let's add it in. Do you guys remember this formation? Do you guys remember this? And guys, because there is so much in already, there's so much um, so much volume of play in already. It's hard for guys to kind of say without getting reps and practicing and studying it, that, oh, this is the new play we got in. I got to get this done. Unless the coach is like, all right, in the first drive, we're going to run this play. And then the guy's like, right. I got it, right? Because they'll forget about it because there's so many different nuances to it. So in terms of in-game adjustments, I know that's a very like buzzy type of phrase. It's everybody, that and a halftime speech. It's everyone's right. favorite. It's not that common for them to come in and be like, okay, guys, here we go. It's it, just to give you give fans an idea of what that halftime process looks like. You come in, you check in with your position coach. The position coach will be like, all right, we need to make sure we take care of these two items. You're like, okay, pass pro, whatever. Then the, the coach will say, I'm thinking about these plays, and he will write them up on the board, on the whiteboard at halftime. The run game coordinator while also is writing up his favorite runs. And so the coordinator is checking with the run game coordinator about runs, and then, then you have your kind of 12 plays they're going to get called when they come out at halftime. So is that an adjustment, or is that just good process? And do all teams do that? I would expect that all teams do a variation of that. So that's right. not really an adjustment. That's just like, this is the first time we get to talk to the whole offense at, in one sitting this is the update on where we're at, what we're trying to get to. And so to me, I think I think the lack of flexibility in the offense is more an indication of the week's preparation as opposed to in-game things that are changing. Interesting. So when you say that, though, like it's a reflection of the fact that you work on so much stuff during the week that it's hard to actually add stuff or it's like, reflection uh if some if a team is struggling it's a reflection they did a bad job during the week correct okay correct so they did a they 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 were not properly prepared in the week for what the defense is bringing right because you you kind of when you're game planning you say this is what they do so let's prep for that what are they going to do to us and if i'm the commanders i'm saying they're probably going to bring some type of pressure on third down and they're probably going to have more people in the box than we're expecting or that they've shown in the week and what is our answer if they do do that 
So what does an actual adjustment look like? Is it like, hey, we prepared these two, we prepared A and B as potential solutions. We've been doing a lot of A. We're going to start doing more of B. Correct. Yeah. And, so if, that, and if A yep. and B aren't working, you're screwed or you just try to go to C and see if guys can do it. So it's, it's most of the time you have, you have 70 plays in. So mm -hmm. you have these A, right? Priority number one, which are like, you're, you're going to call those anyway. So for us, it was like some form of out when I was with Kyle Chicago, San Francisco, all these different spots, some form of outside zone, some play action off of that, some tight zone, some play action off of that. And that's, that's your A, right? Mm -hmm. The B column is the concepts off the play action that he doesn't like, right? So if they're not working, let's say they're matching those concepts really well, it's like, okay, we want, like, we, let's say hypothetically, we wanted to do, we're two by two, two receiver side, we're going to run a big corner and an out. And they're matching that really well. So now instead of running a big corner and an out, we're going to run a, what I, what I call like a blaze, a blaze pylon. So it's like you fake, like you're going to the corner and then you run a post and the corner is going to cut that. And then you throw off of that. So mm -hmm. that's an adjustment, but that's already been addressed at some point in the week. Right. Right. And, and it's play. like one play, you see, it, yeah. which sometimes is enough to change a game, right? Like sometimes Absolutely. you get, you get the one play and it's the, the chunk play, the scoring play, it's the 80 yard touchdown. And you're like, ah, halftime adjustments. Yeah. They right. were jumping the route. So we ran the counter to it. Like that doesn't right. make a genius, but if your problem is in pass protection and you have not, you don't have a solution for Aaron Donald, like, yeah, you can start trying to up. double team him or whatever. But like, if you didn't think to Aaron, double team Aaron Donald during the week, uh, you're, you're probably already up a Creek without a paddle. That's 1000% right. So that meeting, let's talk about protections. We're talking about that on Monday. We're going to talk about it on Tuesday. We're going to talk about it on Wednesday. I, I said Monday, but the first day that you have install, which is Wednesday. So your mm -hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, and then every single day you have a, a specific area. So first and second down protection plan, third down protection plan. You have whole meetings about that. And in the meeting, they'll be like, let's say you're playing LA, the Rams. It's like, okay, every single protection we're calling this week, we're going to call something in the huddle, but we want you to check it to Aaron Donald, no matter where he is. So the slide's always going to Aaron. And then the back has to know that when I hear the check, my responsibilities change. So it's a whole comprehensive process. I remember when we played Aaron Donald when I was in San Francisco, and it was like the fullback, if you're in the game, and I had I was the backup fullback, you have to find Aaron Donald every single play, no matter where he is, and chip him. So even if I was supposed to go out on the left and he was on the right, I would have to wrap around and chip him, help the guard every single time. And that was the plan. So out of 21, that's what we did. And so I think, again, the plan was established in the week. And if, and you see offenses struggle tremendously when that plan goes kibosh, it just doesn't work. It just isn't, isn't a thing, you know? And that's the thing that is so overwhelming when you come to the sideline and it's like, this is what we prepped. And the coaches have just got like this thousand yard stare, like, cause it's hard to kind of every individual coach is kind of saying, all right, tight ends, we need to make sure we do this. And the O-line kind of, but it's hard to kind of get a, a whole comprehensive game plan. And I remember there was one time where one of the play action passes we, we did wasn't work. So uh, Kyle's like, hey, I really want to run. It was instead of Wanda man, it was Wanda Y man, which is basically meant I crossed the center to the far side linebacker instead of the near side linebacker. And that's an in-game adjustment. But he did that in the third quarter and was like, Logan, can you handle this? He didn't tell anybody else. He just told me. And I was mm -hmm. like, got it. And and then sometimes this is funny. Like sometimes if the player is really smart, he won't even tell you, and you just expect you to know. He did, he did that. He's done that to me before. Like, oh, we didn't have we haven't run this for three weeks, but I'm going to call it. And so again, that's his in-game adjustment. But how you get that communicated, and it doesn't have to be at halftime. It could be in the first quarter. Like who who knows? Like if, if that's right. how good you feel about it. So 
the in, the in game adjustment thing is is a is is more fluid now than it was kind of thirty years ago because you have iPads, you have this immediate communication on the sideline. Like you come off, I think I don't know what people think happens, but you go to the bench and the coach has a, has every play written down and he goes over every single play with you and the iPad and what happened in the result, and he almost gives you a grade right there on the sideline. So that's how immediate that feedback is. And right. If, and, yeah. and if you can correct the technique, like that's an in-game adjustment. Like, sure. hey, we need you to get or, or remind you of your assignment. Maybe the right. play got messed up because, God dang it, Logan, like you were supposed to get to that guy. And it's like, right. hey, buddy, on this play, you need to get there. And it's like, okay, I got it. Our in-game adjustment was Logan blocked his guy. Like, right. um, well, this happened, and that's, this- that sometimes is is what football is. I think a lot, a lot of times, and we talk, talk a lot about schematics and schematics influence a player's ability to actually do the job, right? Like a good plan will maximize chances of a player doing the right thing. That is why a good plan is important. But at the end of the day, it's also a game of execution. Like Mm -hmm. you want to be able to, as a player, look back and be like, yep, I did the job. And if if 11 guys do it, there'll be a good result on the play. And if 10 guys do it, you know, the, the, the odds shift. Uh, depending on who the one is, if the quarterback is is the guy who doesn't do a good job because he throws the ball ten feet over the guy's head, like obviously that's going to be an incompletion. Yeah. Um, you know, if the backside receiver screws up his route and it doesn't really matter, and you might still get you might still get a, a good outcome. So, um, but at the end of the day, like I do think sometimes the adjustments or like you know Jay used to say this all the time. Hey, what changed? We well, don't know. We just played better. It's like. <laughs> Or like we stop playing good. It's like <laughs> sometimes as as unsatisfying as that is, as media and fans, sometimes it's as simple as that. Is like the adjustment on the sideline was a guy got his ass in gear and started playing better. Yeah. Well, and it's this is again, this is like a little bit story time with Logan, but there yeah! was a time there was a time where we were running power and we ran power, which is like down blocks on the front side and you pull the backside guard, right? And our rule was on the front side double with the two tight ends. You got to go all the way back to basically the strong safety. And I remember we ran it once and I was like, that didn't really feel right. Like I felt like I could have maybe got that Mike linebacker. He kind of triggered a little bit more. And the guard came up to me. I think it was Chris Chester and says, Hey, do you think you can get that guy next time? And I said, I think so. I'll get him next time. And the next time we did it, it was a 10 yard gain because basically the, that, that guy was blowing up the play side guard and it was picking the guard. And so that's even in play, right? Having that, you know, that kind of connection with guys on the team and getting that stuff worked out is so so critical and so those relationships you know everyone talks about the o-line being banged up that's where that kind of communication becomes significant right and um and again like i just thinking back on that like i remember kyle or sean saying you want to find players who can take that initiative and kind of change stuff on their own and then kind of to my second point when you watch nfl i watched probably five football games today because i'm a i'm a loser but (laughs) but what happens is you'll see, even with good offenses, they'll take a negative play or a neutral play, second and 10, and it's a bad play call. Let's just say like they call a play, it's a little bit trick, you know, kind of tricky, whatever it is, and it doesn't hit. They're in second and 10, and then they make a mistake and it's third and five. That stalls drives more than anything. Lack of execution from the play caller and from the team stalls drives more than any other variable that I see. It's like that would have been a touchdown but the play caller made a weird play call here or this guard missed his block and now they're in a tough spot and they can't overcome it. That is so common. So when I look at that, I, th- this team suffers from that, but they're not unique in that suffering. Mm-hmm. Every team in the NFL suffers from that. So that's, I think what Jay is speaking to is, is like you're playing poorly and then some of those things you missed earlier, you start to hit. And then all of a sudden the offense is ticking and moving the ball really well. 
I, I feel like this team does not do a good job of finding that 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 tick, the thing that gets you going. And that's maybe um, I don't know what that is. It feels like play calling, feels like execution. It's it's an amalgamation of things, I think. Right, and they feed into each other, and it's hard to tell which is the chicken and which is the egg.